You know something? No so for you! Come back one year! Yeah, we both have so much in common. We both love soup. Soup's not a meal! You were supposed to buy me a meal! I'm not stopping you from eating! Go ahead and eat, get anything you want! That's a lot of soup! That's a lot of soup! It looks delicious. Hey everybody, welcome to the Victory Formation podcast, inaugural episode presented by Good Soup. I am your host, Eric Campbell. And I'm Alex Reichert. And uh, we're going to come in and break down the games from last weekend. It was an unbelievable sports weekend, NFL weekend. Uh, Just off the bat, immediate thought, I I love football so much. I, I sat on my couch on Sunday and marveled at both of those games. Uh, the Saturday games were great too, but that Tampa game, the way it ended the last 15 minutes uh, leading into that Chiefs-Bills game, which I, I recency bias, but one of the greatest games I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, was a 25 points scored and the last two minutes in overtime. Just absolutely wild, wild chaos game. Um, but it was an unbelievable weekend. And I think this is another weekend where you're reminded of how great playoff football is. We had a pretty bad super wild card weekend for blowouts and everyone was complaining. We got to the divisional round and it, it was incredible. God, just when you, you think 13 seconds is only Aaron Rodgers territory for leading a last second drive, Pat Mahomes does it. And it, it's unbelievable. Like you said, the, the Rams game, especially when you have a double your net worth type of bet on that game and you're watching the fucking Tampa Bay Buccaneers come back and almost rip your heart out. And then you have just a barn burner of a game Sunday night. I mean, it's really those two games on Sunday. Both of them are up there for like some of the best games in NFL history. I don't want to sound, you know, cliche or sound like that guy but those games on sunday incredible the the first game was over Uh, they had no chance and then towards the end of the game there brady fumbles and you're like okay that's the game and then acres turns around and fumbles the ball and you're like i don't know what witch magic black witch magic that that brady has to get that ball back but um personally speaking i had the over in that game at 47 and a half and the Evans touchdown pass hit the over and I lost my fucking mind. Um, it was crazy. Uh, horrible betting weekend for myself. I was pretty much wrong on all the games. Uh, we can get to that, but it, I didn't even care because it, it was just so entertaining. That chiefs game, 13 seconds. And I weirdly felt confident that he was going to go down and, and get that. Um, oh, get there was not goal. a doubt in my mind and that's that, honestly <laughs> shout out dallas too because uh they didn't run a qb sneak with 13 seconds left <laughs> interesting call um also the bills playing sideline defense when the chiefs had three timeouts didn't make a ton of sense uh, on the kelsey catch that is where it set them up for the field goal I, there were a couple of mistakes the bills made on defense late in that game but i'm not even going to blame them because they were just gassed i their defense was on the field that whole second half, except that 17 play drive with the fourth down catch to Davis. Um, the bills were scoring pretty quickly. 
I, I mean, Allen and Mahomes are just both incredible talents. Feel sick for Buffalo because to lose like that is demoralizing because that team, Chiefs ain't going nowhere. I mean, you're going to have to beat them eventually. But Allen played out of his skull at one point during that game. I think it was in the second quarter. He had more touchdown passes than incompletions in the playoffs, which was fucking wild. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. It's inhuman. And he was just running around, extending plays. They didn't even block well for him, and it didn't matter. I, him to Davis, and they took digs away. They doubled digs pretty much the whole game and said other guys beat us, and they didn't even need knocks. It was pretty much all Gabriel Davis. Oh, dude, that, that was my gut reaction is, who the fuck is Gabriel Davis? Like, yeah. I, I had a, a fucking Cole Beasley anytime touchdown, Josh Allen anytime touchdown, Stefan Diggs anytime touchdown. I had touchdown. the digs, yep. I had the dance and, and I'm like, what the fuck? Who is this guy? <laughs> uh, eight receptions, 201 yards, four touchdowns. Cole Beasley was second in yards with six catches for 60. I, I mean, all of the yardage pretty much went to Davis. Allen threw for 329 yards, and 201 of them went to Gabriel Davis, who had an unbelievable game. Uh Wait. It kind of felt like the Chiefs were just leaving him wide open, though. But they were. They were doubling digs. I, they were trying to yeah. take digs away. They were trying to take Knox away. And to their credit, Knox, two catches, nine yards. And Diggs had three catches for seven yards. So they did that. But Allen found another guy who could get the ball. And, you know, we'll, we'll get to it when we break the game down. But the Chiefs just spread the ball around. I didn't think they could be methodical and go down and, and take the game. But they did. Yep. It's unreal. Yeah. Crazy yeah. weekend in football. Uh, we had the fight this weekend too. Figueroa beats Moreno and recaptures the belt. And then Francis Ngannou on a torn MCL uh, yep. goes in and beats Cyril Ghan in a five round fight. Didn't see that happening at all. Uh, Dana did not put the belt on Ngannou, which was so petty. And it's why I love Dana White because he's just an asshole all the time uh unapologetically and he's fantastic for it i'm interested to see where we go since nganu got the belt his contract is automatically extended through december next year there's a chance he does not fight and then moves on i doubt that i think him and gone are due for a rematch but uh it was it was a solid fight card i can't say that i watched any of the undercards because of football because i didn't but uh i did watch the two uh title fights at the end of the night I don't have much to say on the Figueroa Moreno fight. That hurt my feelings. I wanted Moreno to win. He's a very cool dude, but uh, I mean, I'll be, I watched the I'd, I watched the fight and I bet on Figueroa. I kind of thought Moreno was going to get it. To be yeah. honest, like it, it, it was basically like who had more time on top in the fifth round is what basically you know led to the to the decision. But I mean, great trilogy too. I, the first fight. Figueroa bashed Moreno's face in, like legitimately bashed his face in. And Moreno stood there and took all of it on short notice and then came back and got a rematch and beat him and submitted him, which was crazy. No one thought that was going to happen. And then this fight, which was a really good fight again, uh, kind of bad timing for the UFC to have a fight on divisional round weekend. But uh, yeah, I, the gone and Ganu fight, in my opinion, was kind of boring, but it was a good technical fight. Uh, and Ganu showed that he can do pretty much everything now. So I, I, the three African kings, him, 
uh, Usman and Adesanya are going to run their divisions for years to come, it seems like. Yeah, and real quick on the Ngannou fight, like, it was crazy to see the heavyweights. I don't know if you can call it jujitsu, but, like, you know, they were doing the full mount. They were doing, you know, trying to get an arm bar in there, trying to do, like, what you would see maybe the middleweights or the the lightweights doing. Yeah, and I'm interested but, but you, to but, see yeah. if uh, Gon stays with his trainer because he looked not as sound, not as good on the ground as Nganu did, which is how Nganu used to look when, you know, he was losing fights before he knocked out Overeem. But he switched camps and went over to train with uh, with Usman, and it kind of changed his whole game. And Gon's at Nganu's old camp, so I wonder if he kind of follows suit and we get a rematch that is everything that we hoped uh, this fight would be. And this fight did, it, it definitely uh, met expectations. It didn't exceed them, but it was a good fight. I enjoyed it. Absolutely. Yep. And then uh, we got some other big, big news the other day. Sean Payton steps down as the Saints head coach. I did not see this coming. Uh, the Saints are, what, like $45 million over the cap? Uh, Peyton probably burn out from a season of, you know, injuries and they, they had a top five defense and their offense just couldn't figure it out. I was pretty shocked. It's um, cause you have Trevor Simeon. Yeah, no, I mean, it was Trevor Simeon, yeah. Taysom Hill and Ian book. And, uh, I don't know what his next move is. He did phrase it as he's stepping down and not retiring. So that was interesting clarification to me leaving the door not only open, but wide open for him to come back. And could he come back as the Cowboys head coach is what everyone's wondering. That would be uh, horrible for Eagles fans here in Philadelphia, electric for the NFL, because there's a good chance that that doesn't work. And just Cowboys fans, tears, hilarious. Yeah. I mean, you, you talk, you talk to me about like, Sean Payton did win that Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I'm one of the biggest Brett Favre fans in the world, and I'll yes. say that. You know, I mean, when you bounty gate, when you have fucking Dr. Heat, Greg Williams, telling his players to take off Brett Favre's head, you know, if if you don't bounty gate, maybe you don't go to the Super Bowl. Maybe he's not seen as this Eagles killer possible in the future. I don't really know where I stand on Sean Payton. Yeah, he had the gutsy call to – do the onside kick in the Super Bowl. Great call. Give him props for that. But I don't know. He's got one Super Bowl over 14 years, had some seven and nine seasons. I think three seasons in a row he had that. I mean, he probably saw the writing on the wall. He was a big, big proponent of, you know, and he benefited from Drew Brees being there. Um, Alvin Kamara a few years ago when he came on, one of the best running backs in the league, undoubtedly. You know, I mean, maybe he sees that with the salary cap where, where they might be in the draft. Like, I don't know, maybe he doesn't want to rebuild. So let Mike McCarthy fuck it up for two more years, have him get fired and then go, go coach the Cowboys. Yeah. I mean, that seems like his best move. Uh, I definitely think he's going to take this year off uh, and sit it out. I think he's probably burnt out. Um, The bounty gate thing as a Vikings fan, uh, Brett Favre, I, I, I hated him forever. And then I loved him when the Vikings got him. Uh, Cause that was hilarious and awesome. He lost them that game with that throw uh, at the end there. I think it was in overtime 
across the field, across his body in a double coverage, broke my heart. But, you know, Sean Payton. He was on brand. Yes. I mean, that is on brand for the Vikings, too. Like, that was the perfect Vikings moment where it was like, we're going to the Super Bowl. Oh, wait. No, we're not. And uh, that was probably the earliest heartbreak I had as a as a football fan was that game. I emotionally scarred from it to this day. So Sean Payton out big news. I I don't know where he's going to go or what he's going to do. I know I can almost guarantee he ends up on someone's Sunday football pregame set this year, makes some money doing that and eventually comes back transitioning to my Vikings. They hired a GM today. I'm going to fuck up this name, but Kwesi Adolfo Mensa. He is, he was a player personnel director with the Browns. And based on everything that I read, he was the guy I did want the Vikings to hire, uh, which shocks me because that never happens, but super qualified. I don't think it's going to be a culture shock because in Cleveland, you have Stefanski, some front office people from the Vikings, a ton of coaches from the staff. Uh, I have confidence in a full rebuild. I, I hope they hire the right coach this time. I, I'm not going to say Zimmer was the wrong coach when they had him. He was great for a few years. He definitely wore his welcome out uh, with the entire coaching staff and players some weird moments this year for sure i'm i'm hoping i mean that the, the roster has talent there in cap hell but maybe we can make some deals and get some guys in here i just want a playoff game that's really it i, I just want to watch a vikings playoff game um and i'm hopeful i'm hopeful for the future for the first time in a while and we'll see what they do with kirk because you know if, if other quarterbacks become available say russ or, you know, Aaron Rodgers ain't going to happen. They're not going to trade him to the Vikings. But uh, even Watson, they're in play. I, they can offer a piece in Cousins back that could give you a bridge quarterback, as we saw happen with Jared Goff in Detroit, who can perform at a decent level and make way too much money and be just an absolute bland piece of wonder bread for your franchise. So... I'm hoping they move on from him. I'm hoping they find a way to get out from under his contract. How much longer is he under contract, Kirk? This year and next year. Um, I think his dead cap hit for this year is around $32 million. Uh, It's all pretty much guaranteed, which sucks. It means you can't cut him. And if you do, you're just eating money. So why do it? You're not going to be successful bringing guys in. They're already just strapped to the cap over the cap already. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, they have enough talent on offense. Uh, the pieces are there. I'm interested to see if the O-line gets better now that Zimmer's gone. Uh, and maybe they decide to move on from Bradbury because he's atrocious at center. And I feel like Spielman and Zimmer were sticking with him because they drafted him in the first round. But we'll see. I, I have hope. We'll, we'll talk about the Packers a little bit when we break down the game, but I don't know if they're going to be back at the same level next year. Uh, the Bears are in a worse spot than the Vikings, and I think the Lions are too. So the, the NFC North could be a little bit open for the first time in a while, and hopefully uh, Mensa brings in a good staff, a good coaching staff, retools the roster a little bit, and the Vikings can be competitive. Let's hope not for my sake. But. Yeah, for you, no. But for my <laughs> mental sanity, if I have to watch another year of eight losses uh, by one score or less, I don't think I can take it. I, I just don't. I, don't. I don't think I can mentally go through another season like this. Um, 
So yeah, that's, that's talking Vikings. I'm sure it'll get a lot sadder as time goes on and they ruin all hopes I have at a successful organization, but, uh, Hey, you know what? You can always hang your hat on. Uh, you guys drafted Justin Jefferson and the Eagles passed on him. We did. So. We, we did draft Justin Jefferson. Uh, they should hang a banner in the, in the stadium. Cause there are no Super Bowl banners, just a shout out to the Vikings. No Super Bowl banners. Uh, we love it. And four straight Super Bowl losses. They can hang the four or not four straight, but four Super Bowl losses. They can hang those up in the rafters. And uh, maybe uh, we drafted Justin Jefferson banner up there. You know, that'd be good. Just to spite the Eagles. Yeah. Love it. Uh, all right. Let's move into the games. Uh, the first game of the weekend was the Cincinnati Bengals at the Tennessee Titans. Had the four seed at the one seed. It was the 430 game on Saturday. Um, kind of a slow start to this game. I believe it was nine to six at halftime. Uh, finished 19 to 16. The Bengals came out on top. I think we had both talked going into this game. The main difference for you was Joe Burrow versus Ryan Tannehill, and you hit the nail directly on the head, brother. I, I mean, Tannehill just fumbled the bag. Big, big time. Uh, devastating loss for the Titans. I don't know where they go from here because they're tied to Tannehill and the offense has enough talent. I mean, A.J. Brown made an unbelievable touchdown catch. Julio Jones got involved. Henry was not himself. He was definitely hurting, but I, the Bengals just did it again. I didn't think their defense was going to do that. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the first thing that I would say is where was Derrick Henry? I mean, that was a big thing that we were looking at last week. You know, that was one reason why I think I felt confident in taking them. You know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, but I mean, a running 20- back come, uh, yeah, a, a running back coming off IR. You know, don't don't put all your chips in that basket. But yeah, uh, you're not wrong. I mean, twenty attempts, sixty two yards, one touchdown. Give a ton of credit to the Bengals D line and linebacker core. Bengals defense. Looked great, like I said. Uh, big highlight for me on stopping Henry, and even at the end of the game, Logan Wilson, who's a linebacker for them, he had four interceptions in the regular season. He had eight tackles in this game, and then he had the pick off the Eli Apple tipped pass late in the game, which set the Bengals up for McPherson's game-winning field goal. Um, McPherson's electric, dude. Uh, he's absolutely electric as a kicker, which is not common. And uh, Burrow has the boys buzzing. I, he just has these guys playing at a different level. And I, I mean, I don't think they're going to keep it going, but I can't bet against this team right now. They are, they got big team of destiny vibes going on. Yeah. I mean, Logan Wilson, I think I had him in fantasy as uh, an IDP, even though yeah. no one cares. Um, <laughs> and it's funny with McPherson to look back on the game when the Packers played the, the Bengals. I think the kickers combined to miss like six or seven kicks that game. Yeah, that was the Crosby missed all the kicks. Yep, yep, exactly. Um, so it's, it's wild to see the Bengals where they are. We should have seen, um, you know, the Titans falling, falling flat in that spot. But like you said, Joe Burrow, fucking the Cincinnati feel of having won a game in 31 years. Then you have Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, the LSU connection. Like you said, the team of destiny vibes are strong with this team. You know, you're looking at them when they obviously have the Chiefs 
up next, but God, it's, yeah. it's, it, it, this is a time when you wish you were a Bengals fan. Cause oh, it's yeah. like, Oh, it's so pure. And everything went the Bengals way. I mean, Boyd catches that ball over the middle and it gets punched out and he fumbles and uh, Jamar chase is right there to pick the ball up. Like it bounces right to him. He picks it up and that keeps the momentum going. Um, Ryan Tannehill, just for a minute to talk about him. He played uh, horrendous 15 of 24, 220, one touchdown, three picks. He only took one sack. He really wasn't on that, like pressured all that much during the game. He just played bad. And like some of the, like one of the interceptions you could say it was his fault. Fine. Two of them were tipped into double coverage. It, it, the one late in the game didn't make any sense. I, I, if he took a sack, they run the clock out. Or if since he calls a timeout, they just punt. And since he's got the ball in their own 20, there's no way they're going down uh, with what 20 seconds left and getting a field goal. I don't think so. It, it was tough. It, it's really tough for Tennessee. I don't know what they do going forward because they had a good defense that they retooled. They have good op, uh, weapons on offense. They had Derrick Henry back for this game, even if he didn't look like himself, but I, I don't know where they go or, or how they move forward. Yeah, I mean, Derrick Henry's only getting older. I mean, Tannehill's been in the league for, fuck. Even though it's not too long, he started with Miami. Now he's on Tennessee. It's like, does he get any better? I no, don't think he's, so. He's hit his ceiling, and his ceiling is, you know, brutally inconsistent. He's either good enough to win you a game, uh, or he's bad enough to lose you a game, which is not really what you want out of your quarterback position. I, consistency isn't always great because you can look at a guy like Kirk Cousins, who I would compare him to and Cousins is consistent, but he's average. He's consistently average. And he does the same thing every game. Tannehill's different in that some games he lights the world on fire and looks great. He's moving around the pocket. He's making throws down the field. And some games it's like this where he's throwing the ball into double coverage. He's choking late in the game. Um, you know, it, shout out kudos yeah. to the Bengals for winning this game, but the Titans lost this game. I don't know if the Bengals, you can say they went out and won this game. The, the Titans had every opportunity to win and they didn't. Yeah. And especially, you know, going forward for really both these teams, you're in a, you're in a conference with Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow. Shit. Those are four guys right there that you have to think is Tannehill is head to head. You got a game winning drive and that other quarterbacks over there. I'm taking each, each of those four guys. There's probably yeah. more in the AFC alone that I would take. Like he's not your guy. And, and they're probably picking in the high twenties in the draft. Like, is it time to start looking for a future QB? What's your play for that? I mean, it's tough. It, it's really tough, man. And the, the silver lining for them is the AFC South is horrible. I yep. don't think the Texans are going to compete. I don't think the Jaguars are going to compete. I, he's better than Carson Wentz. So if you compare their roster to the Colts, they actually play a similar brand of football. And I would say I'd take the Titans over the Colts strictly because I take Tannehill over Wentz 10 times out of 10. Even if after everything we've said about Tannehill, um, I'd still take him over Wentz. So, you know, they'll be a playoff team. They'll be in the mix. I, I don't think they get over the hump though. Cause if they're going to lose to Cincinnati at home as the one seed after a bye, I don't see them ever going into Kansas city or even at home against that team or Buffalo and, and beating these teams, even new England coming forward. Cause new England plays a similar brand of football. And I just have more 
confidence in, in what Bill can scheme up and honestly what Mac Jones could be versus what Tannehill is. So um, they're, they're going to be an afterthought in the AFC, which is a shame, but this was, in my opinion, kind of their last nail in the coffin. They've been in the mix for a couple of years now, and it seems like they're starting to, to fade away. Yep, I agree. Uh, but yeah, we'll move on to the second game, which uh, I don't know if I should tread lightly here with you, was the 49ers and Packers, uh, 8-15 game in Lambeau on Saturday night. I'm going to let you take the floor here as a Packers fan and uh, tell me your thoughts, man. <laughs> I mean, I'll do a quick rundown of the game and then give you my thoughts. So for people that didn't watch, the last second field goal springs the 49ers to the NFC Championship game. Aaron Rodgers is now 0 for 4 against the 49ers in the playoffs. Mm. 49ers didn't score TD on offense. How they tie up the game in the fourth quarter, a blocked punt recovered for a TD and I'm just sitting here on my couch watching all the fucking special teams guys look around like, where's the fucking ball at? Where's the – it's fucking bounces five yards from the end zone. They pick it up. They walk it in. Rodgers was held with, without a touchdown on his last nine drives, potentially his last nine drives as a Packers. He doesn't – as a Packer at home, doesn't score a fucking touchdown. It's really just a sour way to end your season. You know – Two weeks ago, when I saw the 49ers beat the Cowboys, and I'm thinking, okay, we don't have to play the, the Rams. I'm like, okay, well, let me get my ticket to the Super Bowl ready. Let me make sure I have enough money. And then I fucking sit here and watch this game. They, they come down the field, first drive, score a touchdown. The 49ers don't do anything in the first quarter. I think they put up a field goal. I'm like, all right, let's go. Let's, we're going to fucking win this game. I'm playing music on my speaker. I'm getting hype. I'm getting excited. I'm thinking it's us against the world. Let's go and fucking win this thing. And then I think one of our guys fumbles the ball. And then it's just like downhill from there. Like the home field advantage for the Packers. They, they lost fights in the last 20 years. They've lost seven home games in the playoffs. Yeah. What the fuck is that? Why do you play games in the regular season? Why do you? Get the number one seed if you can't fucking win at home in the playoffs. It's astonishing because the narrative is, ah, oh, Lambeau in the postseason, really tough to go in and win. But it's not. I, they've lost seven times at home in the playoffs with Rodgers. It's, it, it's brutal, man. I, I don't know what the answer is. They're strapped in the offseason. They're in cap hell. They're probably going to have to cut Zedaria Smith to save money. Adams is a free agent. Lazard is a free agent. Preston Smith is a free agent. Aaron Rodgers doesn't probably want to be there if they're going to rebuild. And if you lose Rodgers, then Adams is going to hold out. If you franchise tag him, he's not going to stay. So what I mean, are you going to do? Um, yeah, it, like I personally love it. It makes me feel young again and happy. Uh, I'm sorry for your loss, kind of. But as a Vikings fan watching this game, the, the Packers played a Vikings game. They scored on the first drive and they were going to score on the second one. And as they're driving down the field, they fumble. And that kind of changed the whole game, I think. Because if they score a touchdown on that drive, uh, even if they kick that field goal at the end of the half, they got blocked. You're up 10 nothing. You feel pretty good about yourself. Dude. I mean, it's like the Packers are just like the best scripted football team of all time 
you know, when they're in during the week at practice, they plan their first drive. They fucking nail it like every week, first or second drive. They're, they're scoring the ball. They're, they're marching down the field, but they just can't fucking make adjustments like 10 points at home. It's like the home field advantage, quote unquote. It just hurts the Packers. No one wants to play in that cold. Matt LaFleur saying cocky shit at halftime. Like, are you guys worried about the flurries? Nah, we're from here. Y'all motherfuckers are inside. You guys practice in a dome during the week anyways. Granted, I wouldn't want to practice in zero degree temperature either, but it's like the, the Packers look cold. Like when teams come into Lambeau, they come in hyped up. Because, yeah, it's Lambeau Field. It's the oldest fucking stadium in, in the NFL. So much history. Fuck, dude, even if it's negative five and I'm playing cornerback for the other team, yeah, I'm going to be cold, but this is what I've been fucking dreaming about. Coming into Lambeau, beat the Packers at home. Like, if I'm, an, if I'm another team, I'm more hyped up to come in on the road than the Packers are with all the pressure on you. Number one seed. You got to win. Could be Rodgers last year. All the pressure was on them. The 49ers had no pressure. They won the last game of the year to get into the playoffs. They fucking, by the skin of their teeth, beat the Cowboys in, in the end. Like, they're just flying high. They're just, they're fucking happy as shit to make it to the NFC Championship game. Yeah. I mean, like, the big thing for me in this game, two huge takeaways. One, for the Packers, they had four receivers get a reception. Only Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams were targeted more than once. That's insane to me. Um, Rodgers just didn't move the ball around. He was throwing it basically, like you said, scripted, same plays. And it wasn't like the Niners played well. Jimmy G was 11 of 19 for 131 and an interception. Uh, The biggest thing was Rodgers got sacked five times and four of those sacks were on third down. And the Packers are supposed to have this great O-line that's supposed to protect him. And they just didn't. They didn't run the ball effectively. They didn't protect Rodgers in big moments. I, I don't know at the end of the game what he was thinking. That third down play, you know, get a first down, keep moving the chains with, what, two minutes plus left. He just chucks it downfield in a double coverage to Adams, hoping Adams can come up with a catch. And it didn't make a lot of sense. I, I don't know what he was doing. It was very uncharacteristic of Rodgers to to drop an egg like this. Uh, you look at his final stat line, 20 to 29, 225, no touchdowns, no picks. And it's not like abhorrently bad, but if you watch the game, he was missing guys. Like even the deep throw to Adams on the, uh, the last scoring drive they had, it, it was a low throw. Adams made a great catch on it, but Jimmy G didn't play well. The Niners offense didn't play well. They, it, they scored and got yardage when it mattered at the end of the game. But like you said, their touchdown was on special teams. The Packers special teams bit him in the ass all year, and it came back to bite him in the ass in this game. Um, And, you know, the Niners are moving on. We'll talk about their opponent, the Rams, later. That should be a a great game. But the Niners are just tough, man. they, They come in and they hit you in the mouth, and they might not make every big, crucial play. Jimmy G might not be a perfect quarterback, but... They play with swagger. They play with intensity. They're physical. Debo Samuel is a monster. Uh, 39 rush yards, 44 receiving yards. Didn't have a touchdown in the game, but accounted for a large chunk of their total yardage. And Kittle made big plays when it mattered. Honestly, Jimmy G made big plays when it mattered. And the Niners moving on and the Packers aren't. I'm shocked to say it, but I I don't think anyone's going to argue that the Niners didn't deserve to win this game based on the second half. 
Uh, yeah, and I mean, giving props to the 49ers, they hung in there. They were scrappy. They were poised. They they didn't lose the game. They didn't make I granted Jimmy G, I think, had an interception in the first half. But yeah, a bad one in the red zone. Like a really yeah, bad, bad one. Bad and one. he could have had two or three more that he threw. Stokes, I, mean, I think that was the third quarter undercut um a comeback route and almost had a pick six. Yeah, and I mean Jimmy G obviously is their liability, but they didn't give the game away. They gave themselves an opportunity to win it in the end. You know, Shanahan, I I don't really follow coaches too, too much, but people are saying he's elite, you know, shit. They only scored 13 points and they still fucking won. Um, Debo, obviously, like you said, clearly their best player on offense. They really couldn't punch it in on offense. What do I attribute that to? Could it be the weather? Could it be Jimmy G just not being that great? You know, the Packers, obviously, they they watched a ton of film on it. They played the 49ers earlier in the year. So, you know, they kind of knew Debo was their main weapon. I think for the most part, they isolated him a little bit. But, like, Kittle still got open. And once you open up Kittle, then you open up the run lanes for Debo. And, you know, it's it's just a tough fucking game. Pro for, a pro for the Packers, the defense did only hold the, te- the other team to – fucking six points if you want to look at it like that and i mean shout out rashawn gary he had a great game he had two sacks and three tackles for loss he was all over the field making big plays um preston smith as well with nine tackles Uh, he was making every play in the run lane the defense looked great i i know i highlighted darnell savage going into this game but he did a good job covering Ayuk down the field uh coming up and making plays in the run game the one play Debo got loose, Savage caught him from behind, showing off his speed. I The Packers' defense was good all day long. What killed them was their special teams. I mean, Debo had the big punt return uh, that got him in a solid field goal range. They had a few good kick returns. And the, the blocked field goal, the blocked punt. And they almost yeah. blocked another punt earlier in the game. You got to win in all facets. And the Packers won one side of the ball, and that was defense. Offense was a toss-up. Niners won special teams. And uh, late in the game, the Niners did more on offense to win, and that's what really decided the game. Yeah, and, you know, first half of the game, I'm thinking about what am I going to say during that during this episode. And my big leadoff was going to be Rashawn Gary. That's a guy that was the number one recruit coming out of high school. He was our first-round pick three years ago out of Michigan. Wasn't a big highlight, big-name player. He's a good guy off the field, fucking dominated on the field. Like, that—that that is what you want to see as a fan, a guy that was under the radar on everyone's big board, and your team drafts him. You take a chance on a guy you've never heard of, and then you see him out in a playoff game getting, what, two, three sacks, however many he got. Yeah, he got two. Ha- having big impact plays. Like, that shit's exciting for me. But then, you know, moving forward, fuck, if, if Jordan loves – at quarterback like is the defense going to play that hard I think Rodgers aside from what he does on the field with throwing the ball like he makes everyone else on his team want to play harder because you know you got that guy under center it's it's just going to be shaky man I'm I'm shitting the bed thinking about what the next 15 years are going to be contemplating just like retiring from watching the Packers play football. Like I, yeah, I know I can't I, do it, but it's... I mean, they're in trouble, man. I, Zedar- like I said, they're going to have to probably cut Zedarius Smith based on his cap hit. I think he's 28 million if they keep him and it's 12 million in dead cap. If they cut him, 
and they got uh, Lazard is a free agent. Like I said, um, Adams is a free agent. They got question marks. Preston Smith's a free agent who played well in this game. I, they're going to have to find a way being over the cap like they are right now to bring all these guys back and keep Rogers happy. If they go for a semi-soft rebuild, Rogers ain't staying. He's going to demand out. And you saw it in the post game. I mean, yeah, him and Gutekunst apparently fixed things. Rogers loves the locker room. I think Lafleur has been a really solid coach for them. Uh, if he can't win a Super Bowl, he's not going to stay there. So, I don't know what the off season holds for them. I'm hoping it all comes crashing down as a Vikings fan, but they might figure it out. And that's kind of what the Packers organization does. They they just continuously turn out a good team and figure it out. So, we'll yeah, see. I mean, yeah. As a sports fan, I want like I, I don't really even know. Like I'm I'm almost at a loss of words. But part of me is like, all right, if if Rogers doesn't leave this year, he's definitely gone next after next year. And it's like I'm just delaying the inevitable of like, like let me just see what Jordan Love fucking got. Like I I saw him play two games this year, didn't look that great. Like it, I don't know, is getting more practice time going to make him better? He's played six games. Uh, He's played six games, which is really tough to judge a guy on six games. I mean, if you judged Mac Jones on his first six games as a pro, you could have written him off and he ended up being pretty good this year for the Pats. So like, I don't believe in him. I don't think he's going to be great. Uh, I'm biased because I don't want him to be because if they, if the Packers have Favre to Rogers and then love is good, that's bullshit. That's just absolute bullshit. It's not fair. Um, The NFL should do something about it personally speaking what the fuck are they doing drafting a guy out of like the mountain west playing for fucking utah like what are we doing they got gutenkunst like you're talking about the vikings hiring a new fucking gm ryan pace was a shit show gutenkunst like who the fuck is that guy it's like what is the nfc north doing with these gms like i don't know the packers are the only team that doesn't have an owner in the nfl but it's like fuck man Ted Thompson, like, who does he fucking answer to? I mean, I'm a shareholder. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the issue with the Packers is Ted Thompson does have pretty much all control over what they're going to do. And they're not owned by an owner who's going to take control, like, say, Jacksonville or even Philly or Dallas. But Ted Thompson has all the control he wants, and – if, if Rodgers decides halfway through this offseason that they haven't done enough and they've lost too many key guys and he doesn't want to be there, you saw it last year. He's going to let everyone know. And he'll I think he'll do a far of if, if he can't get out and they won't get rid of him, he'll retire, wait, sit it out, and come back. And we'll see. I, I don't know what's going to happen with them in the offseason. They're probably the most interesting team to watch because they're the one seed in the NFC and had Super Bowl aspirations, and now you're sitting there scratching your head like, are they even a playoff team next year if all of this stuff goes down? Um, yeah, it, 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 it all four- hinges on it, it all hinges on Rodgers. But what, yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, but for the 49ers, you know, they're moving on. They played just well enough to do it, and they're one of those teams, man. I mean, all the money's going to be on the Rams next week. I'm interested to see how they come out. They've beaten McVay or Shanahan's beat McVay six straight times. I don't know, man. I that's going to be a hell of a game. If Jimmy G makes another Super Bowl, they can't go to Trey Lance next year. They're going to have to stay with Jimmy. Um, he's the modern. This guy just win games. He just wins games. He's you know, he's got Troy Aikman in him, where his stats he's, look horrible, and he just goes out there and wins games. 
he's, he's too fucking good looking though I, I we we can't have that yeah no we can't have that we gotta curve it <laughs> we gotta curve it the dude looks like a fucking greek god uh he Bro. is paisan though so shout out paisans everywhere um we had how many win a play one paisan win a playoff game this weekend but but you know what can, that's still one yeah yeah we can talk about this during the look ahead um d- during our preview episode later this week but like how good are the 49ers really i mean i don't know i don't yeah, know that's the thing i don't they're, know especially with jimmy g like their defense fuck. on paper isn't this good but they're playing this good so I, they played this good all year I, they're one of those teams that dvoa epa love their uh, analytical darling their defense is really solid especially on third down I, again four sacks on third down in this game the packers had nine drives right I think nine, 10 drives and uh, 10. 10, 10, it is 10, 10 drives. And they got sacks on four third downs. I, that's pretty damn good, man. Um, it's going to be a tough rebound for the Packers. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what the 49ers have next week. We'll move into their opponent in the NFC championship game. The Los Angeles Rams transition into the Sunday games. We talked about it in the open, but. Holy shit, what a day for football, man. I just what a six hour stretch of football that we had. Uh, the Rams got up big early in this game. They were up 27 to three. Uh, it looked over. They couldn't, the Bucs couldn't protect Brady. Nothing was going their way. And then Brady just pulled out his little voodoo magic and brought the Bucs all the way back and tied this game. And I think it's a really interesting case study in narrative. Because Stafford played awesome all game long. Them collapsing was not on Stafford. It was a lot on the play calling. It was even more on the defense and mistakes by other players on the offense turning it over. But the narrative exiting this game, if the Bucs won, was Stafford just can't get it done in a big game. But he gets the ball last, makes a 43-yard throw to Cooper Cup down the field. They kick a field goal, they win the game. And it's all on Stafford. I saw a reverse angle of that pass uh, from the end zone. And he got hit the second he threw it and it was a dime i mean just brass balls in that situation man this this game was incredible the last 15 minutes of this game uh would have been the best 15 minutes of a football game i've ever seen if the chiefs and bills didn't play each other but it it was a wild game stafford 28 of 38 366 two touchdowns only took two sacks 121.2 rating he also ran for a touchdown on a QB sneak. He, he just played a perfect game. And Brady was 30 of 54 for 329, a touchdown and a pick. He got sacked three times, but he was pressured the entire game. And the one thing we said about the Bucks going into this game was, if they have to throw 50 times, they're not going to win. They're going to have to establish the run. Fournette was 13 for 51 and two touchdowns. And that was their entire rushing output. So... It's tough to win a game if you only run the ball 13 times. I mean, to piggyback off the Buccaneers, Brady got sacked a lot. Yeah. At least it felt like that. I mean, I he mean, only took three sacks, but he was under pressure the entire game. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't get sacked a lot, but he was just like, they were always in his face. And that's where you got to go. The big uglies up front, the offensive line, they got to be healthy, especially in this time of the year, especially going up against that Rams defensive line oh it was it was brutal for just to watch brady that old man just get fucking battered around but 
like you said, it's like this fucking bad motherfucker Brady coming back, end of the game. I'm cashing the ticket all the way to the booth on the Rams. And then I'm like, oh my God, it was fucked up what he did. Yeah. It was fucked up that he brought them back and made every Rams better just like shit their pants. I mean, but. Cam Cam Akers lost two fumbles in this game. Uh, the first one wasn't that consequential because the Bucs didn't score off of it, but that second fumble, man, Brady gets sacked, stripped, fumbles the ball, game's over. All the Rams have to do is get, what, two, three first downs. Second play of the drive, Akers up the middle, gets eight yards, and just ball gets punched out, Bucks get it, and then there's that long touchdown pass uh, to uh, Mike Evans. That was a 55-yarder. And Brady just did it. I mean, all game long. There was that weird fourth down play where Evans got hit and they called a, a personal foul, hit on a defenseless receiver, unnecessary roughness. But it didn't negate the fourth down turnover because it happened after the incompletion. Um, total ref fest in this game. There were a lot of penalties, a lot of calls in contrast to the last game of the day, uh, that Chiefs-Bills game. You know, I'm a big proponent of let the boys play come playoff time. They did it in the Packers game. They, they needed to do it a little more in this game, but I can't complain because this is everything we could have asked for. Uh, it looked like it was going to be a snooze fest, a blowout, and Brady brought them all the way back as he always does and fell just a little bit short. Um, but good yeah. for Stafford. Felt really good for Stafford. It, it, it was cool to see him get one of these, and he might be going to a Super Bowl. They brought him to win one, and, you know, it's kind of wide open right now. He could totally do it. Yeah, I mean, this opens up the debate for, I don't even know if the debate is still open, but like Goff versus Stafford, how much of all that draft capital over the summer making that trade, was it worth it? They got you to an NFC championship game, not to give away a pick, but I definitely like how fast the Rams started this game. Yes. How dominant the defense was. I see the Rams giving the 49ers a boatload of trouble next week especially since the game's in LA um you don't beat a team three times in a season it just doesn't happen I know that's a cliche and it can totally happen but you got to imagine McVay gets one of these games against Shanahan um oh and they're rolling right now this is the best they've played all year the last two games yep yep absolutely and and you look at you know you mentioned McVay he's 36 years old this guy's fucking Holy shit! Been to the Super Bowl already. I think he, I think he was a rookie head coach when he went to the Super he Bowl was, too. He was, yeah. Like, what the fuck is this guy? Thirty six years old. Bill Belichick's like seventy. You imagine thirty five more years of this guy coaching football? Yeah. No, I know. And um, they, just what a game! I again, you said Goff. If they had Goff in this game, they do not win. There's no way. I, I Stafford was incredible. He's the reason they won the game. I, Akers was 24 carries for 48 yards. He didn't do a whole lot. Um, they won this game because Stafford won. He took him and Cup. We went nine for 183 and a touchdown and had that huge catch at the end of the game um, to set up the game-winning field goal by Gay. Yeah. And the, re- the, rec- yeah the receiver diversity for the Rams, terrifying. I mean, Higby like- on third down, too. Like they have Odell and they have cup to throw at you. And then like Kendall Blanton gets a touchdown and every third down they're throwing the ball to Higby and he's making a big play. Van Jefferson had a solid game. He had two catches for 29 yards. Uh, Not nothing too flashy, but he made some big plays. He had a 15 yard run on an end around. 
you know, they, they got so many weapons and so many dudes on both sides of the ball. But all in all, uh, the Rams look stacked. They look poised to make the Super Bowl. Uh, funniest play of the game, Indominus Sue got kicked in the nuts by Stafford and then got flagged for either taunting or unnecessary roughness or one of the two. I forget what it was, his personal foul. And that is karma. That is karma at its finest. If you're going to be a dick forever, uh, you're not going to get the benefit of the doubt when, when someone cheap shots you. And I just thought that was a really funny play because you could see it. I, if you watch the play, Stafford definitely intentionally kicked him in the nuts. Uh, but fucking Dominican Sue. Facts. <laughs> He's a dick. And if you're going to be a dick for that long, then something like that's going to happen to you. Um, Brady. Could he retire in the offseason? Sure, I could see it. Do I think he's going to do it coming off a loss like this? Probably not. Um, but we're on Brady could retire at any year now. He's 46, right? 44. 44. I, yeah. He's, he's an ancient man. It doesn't make any sense that he's still playing at this high of a level. But, you know, this could be the offseason. I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of buzz going around. They didn't release the last episode of his documentary series. And a lot of the buzz was they were saving it for a Super Bowl run, a playoff run this year. A lot of people are saying they were saving it because he's going to retire. Would be pretty funny if he retired this year and cucked Big Ben uh, for his moment in the sun. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I think he'll probably be back with the Bucs. Yeah. That's, if, you, if, if I had to put it down right now, I'd say he comes back. I mean, they're still set up pretty well. They'll, they'll compete, if not win the NFC next year. So, I, I mean, there's no reason for him to leave right now. They have everyone locked up for at least one more year, pretty much. So like, I know, I know he's 44 going to be 45. Like, yeah, he's Tom Brady. He looks great, but he, he looks old, man. Like he, he's, he's not a young 25 year old. Like, you know what I mean? No, I know what you mean. I, his arm still looks good. And until his arm kind of falls off a cliff here, which I think we're all waiting for and hasn't happened. Uh, I think he's just going to keep playing. I, if he wants to, he doesn't need to. He has no, the, the thing with him is he has nothing left to prove. He has six Super Bowls, like what? Seven, seven Super Bowls, right? Yeah, seven. Seven. What's he going <laughs> to do? Like, is eight that much of a, like, is it going to make a difference for him? He's already the greatest athlete ever. I, I don't know. It, it depends what he wants to do. And I think Tom Brady probably still wants to play football. And if he loses that hunger, he'll hang it up. But I expect to see him back uh, next year. Yep. Agreed. And we'll, uh, we'll move on to the last game. Another absolute classic, a barn burner. Everything we could have asked for on a Sunday night. Uh, it was a 630 time slot in Kansas City at Arrowhead. Bills, Chiefs. We had the Chiefs 42, Bills 36. Um, yeah, let, let me lead it off. Yeah, please. 90, I'm at a loss. Dude, 90 something percent of TVs in the Kansas city area were tuned on to that game. 90% of the TVs in that fucking, holy shit. Talk about a town getting behind their team. God, Dude, it, it was loud as shit in that stadium. And you know what? It didn't even matter to Josh Allen. Cause we'll go over it, but. I, it's all, arguably the greatest QB performance of all time uh, total game between both guys. Allen was 27 of 37, 329, four touchdowns, 136 rating. 
Mahomes was 33 of 44, 378, three touchdowns, 123.1 rating. Only game this weekend where both quarterbacks had a 100-plus QB rating in the game. Allen also ran for 68 yards. And by the way, Mahomes ran for 69 yards. I, they did nice. everything. Nice, yeah, very nice. They were under pressure the whole game, and it didn't matter. I, Allen was under duress, and he was running around, extending plays, heaving it downfield. Gabriel Davis showing up with eight receptions for 201 and four touchdowns. No one saw that coming. They took digs away. They took knocks away. It did not matter at all. Uh, on the other side, Tyreek Hill's a game breaker. I, you can't stop him. If he gets the ball in the open field, he'll run five yards back and you think, no, 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 stop. And then he just gets 15 yards up the field because he's so quick and strong. Um, he had 11 for 150 and that long touchdown on the catch and run up the field. Uh, shout out Andy Reid. Brilliant coaching performance. The Him telling Mahomes with 13 seconds left on that last drive, if it looks grim, be the grim reaper. Uh, that makes my balls hard when I heard that. I, that There's is no way he said that. <laughs> dude, that's what he said. He said, if it looks grim, be the grim reaper. Which if someone said that to me in a Walmart, I'd run through a fucking wall. Like, let alone a divisional round playoff game on the last drive. Um, the Bills went down. They score with on fourth and goal from like the 20. Gabriel Davis over the middle. You're like, oh, this game's toast. It's over. 13 seconds left. Chiefs get the ball. Two plays down the field. I don't know what the Bills were doing on defense. Playing a shell. Um, I guess I didn't want to get beat for a touchdown, but. You knew if you got to overtime, whoever got it first was going to score and win the game. So it's a it's a brutal, brutal loss for Bills fans. I feel bad for Josh Allen because I thought that was the best game any quarterbacks played all year. Um, even better than Mahomes on the other side. And I thought, you know, it's tough to say that because Mahomes was absolutely incredible. But Allen didn't make a single bad throw, a single mistake. He made every play when they needed it. And uh I love football, man. I, I just, I love football. This game was insane. No, it was. Even seeing Josh Allen use his legs like we know he can, just giving me flashes of, of a better Big Ben, like the way he can just use his legs. He hurtled a guy. <laughs> he truck-sticked another guy. He injured a player on the, on the Chiefs. He truck-sticked him in the secondary, and the guy was down. I'm just sitting there watching it like, what? He hit a, a, a hurdle into a spin move and eluded two guys. That's insane. He's a quarterback. Dude, and like you mentioned Tyreek Hill. Like, I hated watching Steph Curry when he first came into the league. Just a cheat code, putting up all those three-pointers. Like, Tyreek Hill feels like a video game cheat code. Yeah. How he, he can just run around everyone. He's it's, faster than everyone. There was one play on the Chiefs, um, not the final drive that they got the field goal, but the drive before that when they went down and scored. He caught a ball on a five-yard out route and ran three yards backwards, and there were three bills around him, and he got out of it. And it was just like, I, I don't know how he does it, man. Um, also, Tyreek Hill note, he flipped the deuces on that long touchdown run to give the Chiefs the lead. And uh, that is technically a taunting 
penalty in the NFL. Well, it, He's been called for it before. Now I am all on board with the refs this game. They let these boys play. There was hand fighting downfield on passes. Um, they said, Hey, decided on the field. Don't worry about the calls. They didn't flag him for that. As someone who bet on the bills, I was kind of hoping they'd flag him for that because the consistent narrative and consistent precedent set all year was we are going to flag for that. He had been flagged in week five for doing that. They didn't flag him. I support it as a football fan. Um, as a gambler, I was upset. Oh, you know, as a conspiracy guy, Eric, you know what the NFL did. Playoffs come around. Hey, those taunting calls that piss everyone off during the regular season. Yeah, we're not going to be calling those in the playoffs. It's too tough to call them in the playoffs because emotions are so high. It's winner go home. You, you can't it's be making bullshit those calls. in general. Yeah, it is. It is. They, they want to be the politically correct league. They want to strip all the personality out and they want to run away from what the NBA is kind of encountering where it's all this player power centered around the player can basically do whatever he wants whenever he wants to do it. And the NFL doesn't want that. And I, I, I don't get how the taunting solves that at all. Uh, it's a horrible rule. Uh, they implemented it pretty terribly this year because it was all basically subjective up to what the ref thought was a taunt, which again, if you're going to write a rule where the game is impacted by it, it cannot be subjective. Um, it has to be an objective way that you can decide a penalty and yardage associated with it. And uh, I'm glad they didn't call it as a football fan. As a gambler, I was upset because I, I thought like I watched it. I was like, oh, oh, that's a flag. And then it just didn't come in. Yeah, we can debate rule changes in the offseason, but I'm glad they didn't call it. Um, you know, good for him. I, I honestly, on that play, there, I thought there was no way he was scoring a touchdown. It looked like there were three people around him, then he just outran all of them. It was insane. The last two minutes of that game, 25 points. I think that counts the overtime, but I, that, that two-point conversion even to Diggs. Like, Diggs got double-teamed the whole game, and Davis caught the fourth down, so they couldn't double-team him. Allen ran around for his life. He did this three or four times where you're like, oh, that's a sack, and you're like, how the fuck did he get away from the DN? And he did it. He scrolled left. He came back to center. He went back left, and then he hit Diggs, and Diggs made an unbelievable Diggs-esque catch where uh, there's nothing the defense can do on that play. At that point in the game, you think it's over. And the Chiefs go right damn down the field. It 974 yards of offense. Absolutely incredible. Um, just, let's see, the score was 23-21 Kansas City entering the fourth. And the final score of the game was 42-36. to <laughs> Like what? What? Uh, entering the final two minutes of the game, the score was 33-21, right? Yeah. And then there was the two-point pass from Allen to Diggs, which made it uh, – oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It wasn't 33. It was 26-21. to And then the Bills got touchdown, two-point conversion, 29-26. Hill had the 64-yard touchdown pass, basically a touchdown run, 33-29. And then the Davis touchdown pass, put the Bills up by three. Chiefs kick the field goal. 13 seconds, they move all the way down the field. Just wild. And then they win in overtime. Um, people are going to complain about the overtime rules. Whatever. I, I'm always a proponent of playing an entire new quarter. And if they're still tied again, play another quarter. I don't know how that's 
wrong, but the rules are the rules. We knew what it was going to be, and the Chiefs won the game. They deserve to win the game. Either team deserved to win this game, and they're going to move on and play the Bengals in the AFC Championship, which is definitely what they had to hope for uh, going into this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I think they would have hand up. I mean, I, I have a Chiefs future. Granted, it's on biased, but great ending to the yeah. game. I mean, I think yeah. next week, and we'll get into it when we record later this week on our preview podcast, but I think they're going to win by a lot. I The Bengals are, they have Team of Destiny vibes, but like, you know, they've beaten the Raiders and the Titans. They're going to have to go into Kansas City and get a win. And if Buffalo couldn't do it, I don't think Cincinnati can do it. Yeah, uh, no, it's okay. but, but, but I, I phenomenal mean, I, game. Like you I could said. talk about this game all day. It's yeah, it was incredible. I the end of that game was insanity. And coming off the last game, that um, Bucks Rams game. I mean, the score in that game is thirty twenty seven, and the Bucks score twenty four points in the second half, and the Rams score ten. You come off that second half into the Chiefs game, and there's a touchdown by both teams in every single quarter. And there's 28 points in the fourth quarter of this game. It, it, it was stupid. It went nuclear. It was insane. Josh Allen, like I said earlier, feel terrible for him. I thought he played better than any quarterbacks played in any game all year. But, uh, you know, the Bills, they're going to be upset. Bills fans are going to be dejected. But one thing you can hang your hat on, they're not going anywhere. I mean, this team is going to be back. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, could you just imagine the game betting props that you could have hit? Like, every team scores a touchdown in every quarter. Bro, that's like plus 800. If you had Gabriel Davis plus two touchdowns or two or more touchdowns as a prop in this game, which I use Sugar House, shout out Sugar House, it was on their, their betting site, plus 2,200. Gabriel Davis, two or more touchdowns. Like, if you hit that, now that's a prop. And he had four. Like they didn't even have a, a bet on the site that you could bet for that because who the fuck thought Gabriel Davis was going to have four touchdowns. Jesus, dude. I mean, oh I had a digs anytime touchdown score. Um, that didn't work out, but the one thing I will say should be illegal for them to be one number away and be the same height because every time Davis caught one, I was like, was that one digs? Was that one digs? And it wasn't. Yeah, no, but this, this was a weekend. And I think both of us are in the, I kind of hated gambling for it, but if you were on the right side of some of these bets, oh my God. Yeah. Like what a fun game of football. Even if you had like, uh, even if you did have the bills, like, I mean, spread wise, you, you almost wish they didn't go for the two point conversion, but like, even if you lost a bet this weekend, the games were so good outside of Saturday. Like if you lost a bet on Sunday, it was still a great game. I, that's the thing. I lost bets all weekend and I just, I don't care because the, the football was so good. It was yep. the high octane edge of your seat end of the game. What every game except this one was decided on a last second field goal. Uh, it, stupid, crazy. Even uh, it was wild. And then this one was decided in overtime. So I, every game came down to the last play and that's really all you can hope for in a playoff weekend. I am stoked for next weekend. We have the Bengals at the chiefs. 
And in the NFC, we have the Niners at the Rams, a rematch of the last game of the season. They've played twice this year. Um, the Chiefs and Bengals have also played once this year, and the Bengals did win. And that'll be a narrative going into the game. But I don't see that game going the same way. And we'll, like I said, we'll get more into it on Friday when we talk uh, about the preview for the weekend coming up. But I'm, st- I'm equally as excited, man. Dude, absolutely. And then it does suck. There's only two games for betting purposes, but you, you know, you gotta, gotta smell the roses while we got them, Eric. There's only three more NFL games left all fucking year. I don't know why you had to say that. That makes me so fucking sad. There's, I mean, the Pro Bowl, you can watch the Pro Bowl. Uh, I, don't no, know if, I don't know if I count that as like an actual football game. There's two weeks of football left and I'm really upset about it. It really sucks. But if the playoffs are going to be this good, man, I, I got to take what I can get. I, there's no Faustian gamble that or agreement that I can make to get more football this year. It ends when it ends. So I don't know. It's it's going to be a wild ride, man. I'm, I am upset the Bills are out, but it, it's for me, it's looking like Chiefs Rams. And if that's the case, hang on to your seat wear a diaper because you're going to shit your pants. Uh, it's going to be fireworks up and down the board. And I think we're going to see fireworks this this upcoming weekend for the slate of games. Dude, if the Rams fucking win, which I think they will, you would have gone 50, what, 54 years in the NFL with a Super Bowl not being played at someone's home stadium. And then and two now straight. Two, yeah, two, two years, years in a row. I mean, they have a chance to go NFC Championship home, Super Bowl home. Um which did the Bucks do that last year? No, the NFC Championship game was in Green Bay. Yeah, so I mean that would be a, a new thing that's never happened. Um, two straight weeks, it's it's wild, man. I, the key stat leaving this weekend for me: the Chiefs have now, or counting this upcoming game, will have hosted four straight AFC Championship games. No one's ever done that. That is wild, and. Everyone that's saying, oh, they're not a dynasty. They only have one Super Bowl. If they make three straight Super Bowls, they're a dynasty. I don't think anyone can argue that. Oh, my God. I, I, like, you can't compare dynasty to the Patriots 20 years. No, Because in, rea- in reality, they were like two separate dynasties, the early one and then the later one. I mean, th- this, is, this is what's going to be the AFC year in and year out. Yeah, they won't win. They won't get to every AFC championship game. Fuck, they might since he's done it four years in a row. But, like, this is going to be status quo for the next 10 years. I mean, it's going to be Bill's Chiefs. And I think the Bengals can compete. I mean, you look at the AFC quarterback situation right now, and you got Allen with the Bills. You got Mahomes with the Chiefs. Burrow with the Bengals. Uh, I would even throw Derek Carr in with the Raiders. He played really well. We'll see what Mac Jones ends up being with the Patriots. Uh, Herbert with the Chargers. You got to imagine they get back on track. He's really talented. All the great young quarterbacks are in the AFC. You could even make an argument, and he didn't have a great year, but I still like Trevor Lawrence. And if Jacksonville can get a coach in there to be solid, again, we talked about Tennessee and their flaws. I don't know, man. A couple years from now, that could be a team that's competing for a playoff spot. I, they, All the young, great quarterbacks are in the AFC. It's going to be a battle for years and years to come. And I'm just super excited to watch it, man. We, we forget about Lamar too, but uh, the Ravens could be back if Lamar's healthy. Bro, I cannot I, believe you just guys. rattled. I cannot believe you just rattled off like 15 of like in, 
they're not incredible like stars, but they all in their own right can be a superstar. Yeah. I mean, and that was like 10 guys. Yeah. It, it's wild, man. And you can even go further down a list and, and then there's guys that, you know, might turn out to be really solid players. I don't believe in Carson Wentz, but there is an alternate reality where he's at least a serviceable quarterback in the NFL. I don't know what Denver does. Could Rogers or Wilson or, Watson end up in Denver. I mean, you have Watson too, who's still on the Texans. I don't think any of us expect him to be there, but if he moves to another AFC team, Jesus Christ, man, I, it's going to be Zach wild. Wilson, Mac Jones. Yeah. I, and like, I don't love Zach Wilson, but he could still develop into something. I'm it's one year and he was okay. Like if you're okay as a rookie, you definitely have a chance to develop into a great player. Um, Holy shit. That's so many good QBs. Like to think at the end of a, of a season, like, only seven of those guys are moving on. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, it's going to be a wild one next weekend, brother. Uh, not, it's going to be a slow sports weekend besides football. Um, couple NBA games, but that's really about it. No fight card. Uh, but we'll be ready and rock locked and loaded and ready to rock and roll on Friday for the preview, man. I'm, I'm stoked. Um, two really interesting games coming up gonna love it stay tuned yeah guys well hey thanks for tuning in to victory formation podcast presented by good soup um we'll be back again on friday to break down all the games coming up and if you liked listening to the content here on this podcast make sure you check out www.goodsoup.blog for all of our write-ups on the nfl we do film content i host a film podcast as well We're going to be churning out content coming up on the launch, so uh, make sure you check all that stuff out, guys. Peace. Peace. I keep that thing on me. God damn it, Bobby. They see me selling propane, and now they're trying to copy. Pretend to be broke, but I got hella cash. If you use charcoal, I'ma kick your ass. Made this money from propane, bitch. I feel like Pablo Escobar, but I don't sell cocaine, bitch. Shot that fella cause he didn't make his payments. Fuck with me, I keep a rocket launcher in my basement. Made this money from propane, bitch. I feel like Pablo Escobar, but I don't sell cocaine, bitch. Shot that fella cause he didn't make his payments. Fuck with me, I keep a rocket launcher in my basement That's my purse, I don't know you If you running up, then I pull out this 32 Bitchy's big, Bobby spittin' heat in the stew I got racks on racks, and you ain't got a clue God damn it, Bobby Shut the fuck up When I'm on the block, bitch, I fucking shit Oh man, god damn Bitch, I'm pulling out, painting clouds on my walls Better go kick my dad in the balls. Made this money from propane, bitch. I feel like Pablo Escobar, but I don't sell cocaine, bitch. Shot that fella cause he didn't make his payments. Fuck with me, I keep a rocket launcher in my basement. Made this money from propane, bitch. I feel like Pablo Escobar, but I don't sell cocaine, bitch. Shot that fella cause he didn't make his payments. Fuck with me, I keep a rocket launcher in my basement. Oh man, goddamn.
Bobby, I know you were capping the whole time, boy. I know you get no bitches and no hoes and no paper, no bands, boy. All you do is sit in the fucking basement all day and play World of Warcraft with your bitch ass, jerking off to hentai all day with your ugly ass, man. Bobby, you need to go get a fucking job or something, man. I'm about to kick you out of the house. Here.